What's going on, cultivators? This is young adult fiction author Zachary Delano Middleton, author of Running After Delano and Richard Freeman, Teenage Entrepreneur. And I am here with a podcast called Day in the Life of a Professional. The goal of this podcast is helping students to be able to reverse engineer their career journeys uh, through looking at the career journeys of dynamic and diverse professionals, literally spanning from A to Z. My hope is that it will become something like a digital Rolodex where students can uh, look at whatever it is that they're trying to become. They can look it up. And as a result of hearing the work story of a uh, professional uh, that's high character uh, and from a, a variety of different professions, uh, they can better uh, select the profession that they want to pursue. So if you want to check it out, feel free. Stay tuned. Uh, you are listening to Date in the Life of a Professional with me, Zachary Delano Middleton. Be encouraged. Welcome to the Day in the Life of a Professional uh, podcast, vodcast, however you want to call it. And uh, I have a very, very special guest. Uh, probably will be the last guest for a long period of time, uh, but uh, I think this will be a great guest uh, to make that transition. I think he has an incredible story, but also I think he does some great work. And so I am introducing none other than Dean Smedley, who is a strength champion certified coach. How are you doing, Dean? I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. Uh, my first question at the gate for all of our guests is who are you and how do you define yourself? Yeah, so my name, like you said, is Dean Smedley, uh, and I consider myself a Christian, uh, born-again believer, follow Christ, and uh, that pretty much permeates um, everything I do, all my choices, decisions, um, and I, I currently I consider myself a lifelong learner, um, always learning, um, trying to grow, develop. Talk a little bit more about that, I'm sure. Um, so that's who I am um, uh, as a person. I am a military brat for those of you who are interested. Um, so I've had a lot of transition in my life, moved around a lot, um, had to learn to adapt, um, make new friends, and uh, adjust in different capacities. So I'm growing up all over the place pretty much, lived in seven different states. So yeah mostly in my adult life more so than when I was a kid ironically okay. so awesome yeah going to that you talked about being a military brat um, what would you say is your story as it pertains to work and location like how has your personal story influenced what you do yeah that's a great question so I've always had a heart for um, helping others um, and really championing them in whatever they're doing supporting them encouraging them it's always been a part of who it's been a part of my entire life I think um, and I originally, when I went to school, wanted to be a high school counselor, somebody that came into schools to encourage students um, to follow their pursuits, their dreams, their endeavors, um, support them however I could. Um, and so I, I pursued higher education for a little while um, after college. Then I went into uh, and pursued vocational ministry because I felt called to that for a period of time. So I did that for a number of years, ended up going to seminary uh, and get, uh, obtaining my MDiv. And then after that, went back into higher ed, actually. Um, worked for the Alabama Governor School for a number of years. Um, really enjoyed that. Uh, enjoyed helping students figure out kind of what their next step is. Um, and then when I went back in higher ed, that's, that, that was the pull for me to help students really grow, develop, uh, learn and then also help leaders. I've always had a propensity to help leaders 
um, in different capacities, help them grow as I learn to grow mm-hmm. and um, develop myself, sharing that with other people, how they can do that. Um, so that has led me to a bunch of different paths. Um, I've always been intrigued by personality tests. Uh, psychology was part of my major um, in college, and I, I, I truly enjoyed uh, learning more about myself, learning more about other people, um, how they, uh, uh, what strengths they have, how they grow, what their interests are, uh, and how to help them in the process. Um, okay, um, who would you say, um, in terms of your job, what you do, who would you say is the biggest misconception of your job? So, my, the job that I work um, throughout the week, I work as a life coach right now for Oliver Gospel Mission for the Men in the Recovery Program. Um, in that, I'm able to infuse some things I've learned about strengths. Um, uh, and I would say, as a strengths champion certified coach, some of the misconceptions about not only the strengths assessment, but other assessments, personality assessments, is somebody's gonna think, I'm gonna take this assessment and it's gonna tell me everything I need to know about myself and I know exactly what I want to do, what I need to do, what that next step is. And it's not that simple. Um, when I was in college and afterwards, what colors your parachute was the big assessment at that time. It was huge. It was huge. It was, it was very complex. And so the challenge with that is that a lot of people thought, well, if I just go through this, these steps, I have it all figured out. And that's a, that's a big challenge. You want to read this book, do this thing, and then I'll know everything I need to know. Instantly. Instantly. <laughs> and life just doesn't work that way. And I think the older we get, the more we realize that, the more experiences we have, you, we realize that. Um, some Sometimes you wish it was done sooner <laughs> than later and skip all those lessons, but um, that's how we grow. That's how we uh, develop and mature. And, are able to help other people too, the more we understand and, and learn. But, so I think that's a big misconception. You know, if I give somebody um, the opportunity to take the strengths assessment, then they'll think, okay, this is gonna tell me everything I need to know, and then I don't have to do anything else. But it's really just one step in the in a process of learning more about who we are as a person and who God created us to be. And that's where I like to camp out on, actually. Sure. Awesome, awesome. Um, who are the people in your vocational story in which you're most grateful? There are a number of people. <laughs> yeah, I actually, about four months ago, sent an email out to all the men in my life um, who have impacted me. Um, and it was a long list, probably could have been longer, and just thanking them. Yeah. So there's, there's a number of people. I'd say first and foremost, um, definitely my parents for their support. Um, they've just been, I'm very grateful just talking to them last night, just how grateful I am that they're even just available. There's a lot of families that don't have that luxury and I consider it a luxury and very, very thankful for that. We didn't grow up with a lot of money, obviously a military brat. Um, my mom's Puerto Rican, so they met in San Juan. Um, so I consider myself Hispanic as well. Um, so they grew up very poor. I didn't grow up a lot of means, but I never went without. I'm very grateful for that. Um, so my parents, my family, um, and then uh, my mentor, a lifelong mentor, 
he knocked on my door my first day of college class and ever since then we've been mentor he's been my mentor and I've been a friend and just um, Charles uh, has just been such an incredible um, influence impact uh, in my life and then um, uh, my former pastor um, Bob in uh, Birmingham just an incredible incredible man who taught me a lot about grace um, and uh, the gospel and the meaning of the grace and the gospel. And there's so many others. I mean, I could go on and on and on, literally. Um, those would be two of the biggest influencers, people that impact me the most. Um, I have a good friend of mine named Gibbs. He's been just a phenomenal friend, um, consistent friend um, that I'm very grateful for as well. So. How did your childhood passions as a kid prepare you for your adult career choice? Yeah. <laughs> the indecisiveness as a kid, mostly. <laughs> I wanted to be everything um, mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I wanted to be an eye doctor, a dentist. I wanted to be Batman. I wanted, you know, <laughs> all those things as a kid, you think, I want to be this. I wanted to be a firefighter. I wanted to be, you know, so many things um, growing up. So I think I found out in middle school and then high school really started to really develop I love leadership Mm -hmm. I loved helping other people um, lead Mm -hmm. Um, and I love the servant aspect of it I love the term servant leadership I know that's not very popular in a lot of circles um, but it's just my heartbeat I mean I think servant leadership is really a big um, motivator for me Um, it's also challenging at times and uh, I'm still learning what that means and, and how to grow into that and how to be that. Um, but helping other people learn what that means and grow in that, I think is really important. Um, so in high school, I had the opportunity to, to, I feel like to do that in whether it's student government, and then I became a Christian and then I started um, getting involved in different circles. And then in college, I really had a lot of opportunities to grow in that aspect. Um, so. My childhood passions were to really help, um, be available, encourage. So I think those fed into it. But one of the biggest aspects of my childhood that I think has really molded me to have this passion is the fact that I went through a lot of transition as a kid. I experienced a lot of transitions, and I thought that was really a negative thing. I've learned over the years how much of a positive thing that can be if I let it. Um, so that's where I really, I, I love helping other people who are in a transition. Um, I learned from it myself, but I'm also able to help support, encourage, and help them see the light bulb go off sometimes, have those aha moments, and it's just beautiful. It's just great. Um, so high school students who are trying to figure out the next step, um, college students who just get into college and like, where, where am I? What's going on? College students are about to graduate. College students who just graduated. I mean, there's so many opportunities. You know, we live in a world, in a society, to where for the first 21, 22, 23 years of your life, you're told where to go and what to do in some capacity. When you graduate college, you're on your own for the most part. And uh, so that can be a scary thing for a lot of people, especially if they don't have that support um, and if they don't know kind of where to go. Um, so. I love coming alongside um, those uh, men and women who are um, 
experiencing those situations and encouraging them, helping them see who they are and who God created them to be. So, and I mean, to I guess to build off that, I think that's even why Grace Welcome is doing something. This is like how do we get younger people to start thinking about after 21, 22, 23, or even at the time that they are, the 15, you know, high school years, uh, to think about work, think yeah. about life, you know. And so I think that that's kind of what this interview is and what mm-hmm. all these things are about. It's like, what about uh, after Sunday and what does life look like Monday through Saturday yeah. after church, this sort of thing. So, uh, well. And the challenge is, you brought that up, is, is the, the challenge for a lot of students yeah. is, we, and I, I was right there, we're right there, we think we have to have it figured out. Right. We have to have our entire life figured out or something figure, figure it out. And yes, we have to make decisions. Sure. I used to tell high school students all the time, your first real major decision that you're gonna have to make is what you're gonna do after high school. Right. At what college, if you're gonna go to college, if you're not, what you're gonna do. That's kind of the one of the major first major decision you have to make. After that, you're learning how to make decisions. And if you don't have a grid to be able to, to do that, by which you, you, you do know how to make decisions, because a lot of times we're not taught how to do that. We're not taught how to think. We're not taught how to think for ourselves a lot of times. And so learning how to do that and help um, young people know how to do that is really valuable skill that um, needs to be, I think, taught a little bit more. It can be really scary or daunting, um, but you don't have to have it all figured out. Um, It's one step at a time and just trying to encourage them in that. um, Yeah. Sure. Uh, I'm pretty pretty sure we can talk about that for hours (laughs) and days. Um, Yeah, yeah. But how would you explain what you do as a professional in one sentence? And how would you explain what you do as a professional one word? That's so hard. Um, <laughs> Count on your words. Yeah, it is. And uh, I'm an explainer, so it's yeah. tough for me to condense it all. Um, how I do, what I do in one sentence. Is that what the question is? Mm-hmm. One sentence. Um, thing that I do and I enjoy doing um, is really helping others identify helping others identify the potential that they have um, the strength that they have um, so and then helping them draw that out so it's kind of a couple of sentences but that's the idea um, giving them the tools to help them see that and grow and develop um, in that capacity and what's the second question one word one word to describe? To condense even a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a word to choose, I'm going to pull a strengths word. <laughs> so, um, a strengths word that uh, was really an aha moment for me when I took the assessment. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, the one word I would use is developer. Uh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. That's my number one strength, actually, yeah. in the in the capacity so whether it's people things processes everything I, like I I love to take something mm-hmm. and bring out that potential and bring out the best 
um, I, I just love the opportunity to do that, and to, whether it's individually or on a team, and I love working with teams, so that's another conversation. But um, yeah, so developer. And it's cool that Strips allows you to define yourself or define various types of identity and things like that within your Strips, right? <laughs> it gives you words to help you articulate what you already know is there. That's true. And that's what I love about Strengths over all the, I'm not, not dogging other assessments at all. Yeah. I've taken most of them. Mm -hmm. um, and there's some that are a little bit more elaborate. Sure. And give you a little bit more information, but I I, I can't pat on strengths all day long. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, what do you love the most about your job? So with this, like my my current job and what I do with life coaching um, with the men is really seeing them grow um, and take the next step and seeing them persevere. I mean, it's so encouraging just to see the fortitude and the perseverance that a lot of them have. Um, and to be an opportunity to encourage them in that process, I love. Um, with with strengths itself, again, I love seeing them. I, I love seeing other people who are taking it. Um, help you see the light bulb go off. Say, oh, just like what I just said about myself. When you take it, you see like, oh, that's why. Oh, that's why I do this. That's why I do this. And they help understand themselves. But the biggest part of it is helping people understand that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, mm -hmm. that they have been created with dignity, something to offer. Um, and they don't have to be everything. Yeah. We weren't created to be everything. We weren't created to just dream it and you can do it. It's, all right, what has God created you to be? See what, understand what that looks like mm -hmm. or what that is and then go and do and be um, and so what that does it helps people understand that they have value and worth because God created them with these gifts these skills these abilities and God created them in his own image and that means that everybody has dignity and we should be treating everybody with dignity um, so there is a sense of worth there um, and helping people uncover that and understand that uh, it's just it, it, there's just nothing better. There's nothing better. It's great. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, what is your biggest challenge? The biggest challenge you work with? Um, uh, so one of the biggest challenges is helping people get, get past the just tell me what I need to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then want to skip the process. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of it. Like it's a lifelong journey, understanding who God created us to be. Um, it really is. Um, so I think the the patience behind it. Um, that's a big challenge. Um, I, I, this is not a challenge. Helping people see that it's okay not to be this. So technically, there are 34. The, the theory behind uh, Clifton Strengths is that there are 34 traits, mm -hmm. talents mm -hmm. that everybody has. Yeah. Their talents, mm -hmm. but some are more dominating than the others. Gotcha. They rise to the top. Gotcha. So somebody may be spending all their time trying to be a number 34, mm -hmm. 
they're not going to, they can be, but it's going to take more time, more effort, and it's going to be draining. That's the number one thing is that you see, are you drained when you try and be like this? If you are, then you're, you're in the wrong wheelhouse. And I'm not talking necessarily task, but these are, these are talents that you can use almost anywhere, which is another thing that I really enjoy about the strengths. So the challenge is helping people see that these are your top five, these are your top 10. Learn what it means to, to live in those, to use those in a proper way so that you can be excellent yeah. in, in what you're trying to do. Um, that takes time, that takes practice. Um, and when we invest in those things, then we'll be living in our strengths. If we can identify them, and then we can actually just learn to, to really aim those in whatever we're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's a big challenge, is helping people learn to like who they are. Right. And I think all of us have been there and done that. So, oh, I wish I was like this, I wish I was like this, but you're like this. That's a good thing. Yeah. There was one person that was taking the assessment and they took it several times to try and get what they wanted right. <laughs> there. And I said, yeah, that's not the goal. <laughs> The goal is to understand who you are, celebrate that, and and learn how you can use those those talents that you've been given and entrusted with um, to become a strength. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay, so these are more so if someone wants to one day become a strength champion, a certified coach. Uh, what steps must that person go through to accomplish, become certified or respected? Yeah, that's a great question. There's several things a person can do if they want to go down this path. Um, first of all, I would say take the assessment if you haven't <laughs> and um, and learn about it. Um, that's the first and foremost. There's a book. This is an old one, um, Strengths 2.0. Um, there's a new one, Clifton Strengths. Uh, Gallup is an organization that oversees Clifton Strengths. So if you ever heard of the Gallup um Gallup polls, Gallup uh, statistics, um, Gallup did another poll, this, yeah, they did a lot of research to help people see what they, um, what um, brings them most satisfaction is when they're living, they understand that they live in their strengths, they're working in their strengths. Um, so I would say take the assessment, learn about it, and when you do it, you'll get your top five but I encourage everybody to, um, what my friends uh, make fun of me over when I say, unlock your 34, it almost sounds like a cult. Um, <laughs> like just unlock your 34 and you'll understand it. But it really does, when I did that, a whole nother world opened up for me because I saw that, oh wow, all right, I really don't need to try and be like this. So I would say take the assessment um, and then find somebody that um, can help you with it. There's different ways you can do that. Um, Gallup has a, they have an, uh, they offer um, training uh, to learn how to be a coach. Um, there's uh, the first ever certified, Gallup certified coach is one I took a class under. Um, his name is Brent O'Bannon. It was tremendous and he's a great guy. I highly recommend him. Um, I probably should have said something earlier. He's <laughs> one of my influencers. He definitely influenced me in this and encouraged me in a lot of ways. Um, and I would say he offers classes and there's other people that might offer different um, 
certifications that you can um, look for. There's a big organization, um, ICF, um, and they are a coaching federation that um, you can get all kind of certifications through, and you can go through that. That's a big uh, organization with a lot of opportunities, a lot of possibilities. Um, they're international. My mentor Charles is ICF coach. He went through all the certifications. He's very knowledgeable, um, and so if somebody's interested in pursuing the coaching business, there's a bunch of different realms. I would start um, me personally with Gallup, um, but you almost have to take a couple assessments to find out what you enjoy um, and kind of pursue those. I don't know if that helps. No, no, that definitely does. Um, this next question about negotiation, negotiation of salary value um, have a lot to do with uh, just a lot of the communities that we're impacting. Mm -hmm. And it's not that conversation is always had. And I think it's a very important conversation uh, when you're talking about uh, trying to create a viable income source or, uh, you know, uh, building any type of organization, right? Yeah. Uh, the, hard, the hard question that we know was talking about the money side, but I think it's important. Uh, but how does a person negotiate salary or the value of their services and spirituals? Yeah, that's a tough one yeah. in the coaching business, okay. especially. So it kind of depends on what you're, where, where you are, um, but, and depends on what, what, who your audience is. So if you're looking um, to help nonprofit, uh, you may want to not be, you might not be able to charge that much looking at going to businesses you might not be able to education kind of the same way because there's limited funds right so the charging how much you charge and how how you can develop a salary to start small I think a lot of people think I got to do this grand thing um, blitzkrieg go out there but you really have to build and supplant this a reputation and so word of mouth is a big is a big part of it as you probably know sure. just through this yeah. um, endeavor you have um, three years ago when I was considering um, getting certified the lady who did our um, our seminar our, our uh, retreat when I was uh, at a different job she did our strengths assessment and did a whole um, uh, day half day retreat on on this for us that's where I first learned about strengths and I was enamored I just said, how do I do this so I called her three years ago I said so this is something I do this is something I want to do what do you suggest do I need to go back to school to get a certification just trying to find out which is another thing I would encourage other people to do ask around sure. ask questions don't hesitate if you see somebody doing something that you want to do call them talk to them ask some questions people love to share where they how they get you know how they have um, gotten to the point where they are so I think um, uh, I think that's very valuable um, trying to make a decision with not as much information or not a lot of information um, is really not wise so um, so anyway, so I called her and asked her. She said, well, Dean, I'm not certified. I was surprised. I said, what? She's like, I just know it really well. And I just, I, you know, I can only charge a certain amount. And I said, okay, that's interesting. She said, but you know it really well. You enjoy it. You pursue it. You may want to do it. So there's a lot of different avenues. Um, but she told me, she said, word of mouth is how she just 
got popular, she'll get a phone call from somebody who was recommended by a friend or recommended by this person when they were doing this conversation or this uh, seminar. So I think word of mouth is big, but start small. I'd encourage anybody to start small. People you know, individuals say, hey, I'm trying this thing out. I would love to to start with somebody and get some reputation, you know, get some uh, feedback from you as well so I can learn and grow and, and become better at this. Um, and so just once you do that, you can start seeing how much to charge for an individual, for a group. And if you're doing one-on-one or if you're doing a presentation or if you're doing a half a day retreat, whatever the case may be, it's going to be different and then it's going to be different for the type of organization nonprofit for profit education that sort of thing so i don't know if that answers your question no, no, but no. it's not a you start small yeah that's good that's good advice um based on what you know now about your location if you were to get into a time machine go back on the first day of the job <laughs> that thing, what would you tell yourself oh my gosh we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> There's, oh man. Highlights are like the top, top two. Yeah, and I've heard this asked to other people on podcasts too, and I should have been prepared. No, that's cool. Um, what would I tell myself? So, I would tell myself to have more courage. Mm. Yeah, don't live in so much fear. Yeah, that's good. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, don't live in so much fear, yeah. and don't be don't don't fear making mistakes. It's huge. Yeah. Good advice. Um, how do you prepare to one day transition from this role, uh, in terms of game retirement, um, from uh, this type of coaching? Something you would want to retire from? Yeah. Do it for your life. Like, what 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 are your thoughts? About? Oh, I got a lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. It, no matter what I do, full-time vocation, I'm going to always do this. It's just who I've always been, who I am. I just know it. I just know it. Um, I can't help but but have a conversation about strengths because I do believe um, it, it fits so well with Psalm 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and this helps identify that a little bit more gives words like we talked about so um i don't know i i I don't know what god's going to do with this at all um i would love to be um on a team of people um i have a heart for um vocational ministry as well and all things we do should be ministry anyway right if we're um professing believer then everything we do is God's Lord. Um, so, um, whether I'm typing a paper, whether I'm sweeping a floor, whether I'm you know sharing the gospel, it's all ministry to to God. If we're doing it for His glory, so. Um, but I love 
working on a team to the end of helping somebody identify who God's created them to be and help them live in that, to live in that grace, live in that, um, just just help them see how much they, they are loved um, for who God created them to be and, and help them identify what those are. So I don't know the capacity a guy's going to have for me in that um, when it comes to strengths when it comes to other opportunities but um, if I could retire doing what I just said on a full-time basis I'd be completely content with I think I think I would be well I say that my flesh you know but um I think I would be content in retiring in a capacity where I'm able to do that for others just it you can build a business a coaching business with all this um it takes a lot of hard work a lot of effort um you have to know the important thing with the coaching i I 110 percent believe this you have to know who you are first and you have to be comfortable with knowing who you are and understanding this before you can share with other people and that's a life lesson anyway um i really think to make the greatest impact you have to understand it yourself um, and then we're we're only able to help those to the extent that we've been helpful on that same path I think um, we we're, we can help in different capacities but I think the greatest impact is where we've been helped where have we grown where have we learned and how can we transfer that over to the people that guys put in our lives Uh, next question is uh, called cultivate countdown. So basically, like I know there's no essential steps or anything like that, but just things you take into every coaching session, every uh, as you get prepared to do uh, your planning for coaching. Like, what would you say is kind of the essential principles, if you will, of what you do? As far as preparing for a uh, one-on-one, stress, stress or, I mean, I know it's, it's so. It's, yeah. There are many things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just focus on um, becoming a coach. Can we do okay. that? Just one aspect of it, or yeah, the day-to-day, if you will. I don't know. Yeah, I would. Um, So for me personally, and this is something I, I, I'll admit I fail to do every day. Sure. What I like to do is, yeah. I mean, really pray for God to open my eyes for opportunities yeah. for conversations. Absolutely. All right, and as those conversations happen, um, is there somebody that can that I that can maybe benefit from something that I have to offer, in when it comes to strengths. So that's, I think, the first step is make sure my eyes are open, my ears are open, I'm willing to, to learn and grow. Um, am I learning and growing myself? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. Am I, am I just, all right, do I feel like I've arrived? I know I haven't arrived. Um, and if I ever feel like I've arrived, then I'm doing something wrong. So am I continually learning um, and growing as a person and in the profession? Because... We live in a time things are changing every second. Mm-hmm. So what am I doing to, to be a self-feeder 
sure. um, to not have to depend on all these other people for my, my growth, but I need to take responsibility for myself and my own growth and development. So what am I doing? That's something I feel like I, I need to do to prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, and then taking time to plan. Like just thinking through, I, you have to have a set, a set time every week to kind of plan your week, plan, think about your priorities. All right, what's what's one or two things I can do this week that's going to move me forward in my ultimate goals? Mm-hmm. I may not be able to do everything, but I can do one or two things, and that's something my mentor taught me a long time ago, helped me see through other um, mentors that he had and people were, we were reading. Is that there's a lot of things we could be doing, but we need to focus on you know what's the best thing I can do that's going to move me forward today, the next thirty days, the next three months, the next six months, the next year. What's going to move me down that path? So just kind of thinking forward, um, and then the challenge is is not to live there and be anxious or worried about that, but just say I'm going to do the one thing today that I think is going to move me forward. Um, or this week that's going to be moving forward so I think just taking time to plan that's a, that's that's a big thing take time to plan all right almost uh, toward the end of our questions um, uh, what did you say is one motivational quote uh, about your job or something that you would say this is the banner Dean Smedley uh, <laughs> what would that be man they are there are just so many um, banner quote for what I do for you, or, just or just for me personally yeah I mean what, what would that quote be oh man for this in particular can I pull something up absolutely um, so for me for this in particular is going to be um something I've got to remind myself and remind other people. Um, I love, there's so many. Um, (laughs) I would say it would be um, really from Psalm 139. Um, Yeah, I mean, this was just so good. And anytime I feel, I might feel less than mm-hmm. or in a situation that might feel like all right just really discouraged right you, you i try to go to scripture and friends um who really can speak truth mm-hmm. um, and my family speaks truth to me a lot too which is good um, but psalm 139 this is how it goes for you formed this is verse 13 for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb i praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made Wonderful are your works. So saying, I'm fearfully and wonderfully, wonderfully made. I acknowledge that that's wonderful because of you, because of God, you did this. So it's good, right? Um, wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. All right. So preaching that to myself, my frame was not hidden from you. He saw my frame when I was being made in secret in the womb, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. So, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So created with a purpose, 
I mean, created on purpose with a purpose. Um, that says it right there. And we are fearfully and wonderfully made um, for a reason. So understanding um, that we have a purpose uh, in this life, um, learning what that is, growing. Um, so the quote I would say is that passage because um, it really just uh, encompasses and, and condenses everything into one. We've been made on purpose, not for a purpose. So, can I get your permission to do this? To put the passage, uh, Psalms 139, because it's going to be like me. Yeah. And then what I would say is your interaction with Psalms 139 was created on purpose with a purpose. Yes. I don't know if that's copyrighted. It seems like there's somebody out there that said oh, something so like that. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but no, no, no. Um, I, I know so many, so many people have said so many smarter things before me. Um, that I'm really just a product of the, the, the people that I've learned from sure. um, and very grateful. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you can, if you don't see that anywhere else, you're welcome to use that. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll look for it, but uh, yeah. that's great. I mean, I think that's right in line with Scrum Finders. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. I really do believe wholeheartedly that this can be a game changer for a lot of people, especially if people who are struggling with identity or significance or um, especially in high school, high school students, you know, and younger students that you're speaking to on a regular basis, they're, I'm going to go ahead and say this too real quick, is that um, it's really not encouraged to take this before their sophomore year. Um, now they can, and there's different ones that I think are for younger kids, um, but I think from sophomore year on is probably the best time to, to initially take this. Um, you know, personality pretty much is known to be pretty much done by what, six years old now I think it is, something like that. Somebody's personality is pretty much developed by that time. Um, maybe even younger, I don't, I don't, I should know, I don't fully know. Um, but all that to say is that, man, in high school, if students can see, and they're still gonna struggle, we all do, really? you know, if they can see that they have value in who they are, who they've been created to be, I mean, that, that could be life-changing. Life-changing for somebody, gives them hope. And that's the other thing I love about it, too. It gives people hope um, for uh, something more. This is great. Yeah. Dean, I appreciate this. It's been a great interview. Um, are there any other final thoughts, places that people can get in contact with you for your business, business purposes, that sort of thing? Um, is it the other floor? Yeah, so I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity to talk and share and um, have the, the discussion. I know it's been a long time coming. We've been talking about it for a long time, so thank you. Is it persistence? Persistence, <laughs> that's right. Well, I think part of it is motivated, you know, your, yeah, your, so your change is about to happen too. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, we need to do this. Yeah. Um, I would say if anybody wants to get in touch with me, the best way to do it is an email. Um, I did create an LLC. I need to update it a little bit uh, a couple years ago, but um, it's called Inspiring Potential yeah. uh, LLC and Inspiring Potential at Outlook.com yeah. um, is how people can get in touch with me. That's the best way. Okay. So. Well, I appreciate it, Dean. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank your you. Brilliant insight, wisdom, and uh, I will uh, will be 
Thank you so much, Zach. Appreciate it. What's going on, guys? This is Zach again. Thanks so much for checking out my podcast. I want to invite you to check out my book, my uh, my second novel, which is called Richard Freeman, Teenage Entrepreneur, uh, Book One, The P.U.S.H. Push Collective. Uh, here's a summary of the book. The freshman class at Septima Clark High School can't go on their class trip unless the students can raise enough money to cover half the cost. Richard Freeman and his friends form the P.U.S.H. or Push Collective and create a fundraising plan to host a school-wide talent show. Throughout their fundraising journey, they learn life lessons on entrepreneurship. Each chapter invites the reader to take the entrepreneurial journey with them. Structured after the mini Teenage Detective series of yesteryear, this fictional series aims to teach financial literacy and entrepreneurial imagination through storytelling. Instead of mysteries, the South Carolina teens solve entrepreneurial problems that impact their community. Book one captions the origin story of the P.U.S. H. Push Collective, made up of Richard Freeman, Jamie Shahope, Tiana Robinson, and Keyshawn Young. In this book, Richard is challenged as a leader. When he makes a critical mistake that may cost everyone, will he try to save himself, or will he learn that the success of an organization is never just a one-person affair? And if you're looking uh, for a copy of this book, either go to my website, gracetocultivate.com. Uh, that's grace to cultivate, uh, like the uh, the spelling of this business. Or just type in Richard Freeman, Teenage Entrepreneur, Book One, The Push Collective. All right, have a great day. Be encouraged.